evening everyone grace and peace and god's blessings to all of you my name is pastor gloria boyce and i want to welcome you all to the building your consciousness expansion we're going to have a wonderful holy ghost time in the lord it's good to see you all of you here this evening this evening we're talking about believing is the first step mere belief in god is not enough but believing is the first step so this evening we're looking for five readers the first is romans 8 1 to 6 the second is john 15 4 to 6 the third is romans 8 7 to 10 the fourth is isaiah 2 17 to 22 and the fifth is John 16, 3 to 7. So let me say that again. This evening, we're talking about believing is the first step. Believing is the first step. Mere belief in God is not enough. So we're going to address it. It's a tough subject. We're going to hit it head on this evening. Because believing is the first step. Mere belief in God is not enough. I'll just give you a preamble to this evening session, then we go to the scriptures, then we go to the lecture series. Now, in the 8th chapter of Romans, Paul tells us that a mortal being is not under the law of God. Neither indeed can be. And that it is not possible for a mortal being to please God. Because the people of the earth are mortal, they still have sin, disease, death, man's inhumanity to man, slavery, and poverty in their midst. It may be hard to believe or understand, but a considerable proportion of the 3 billion plus people who live on this earth are in a state of progressive starvation and malnutrition. Those who are not under the law of God are not fed or sustained by God. In no way do they receive God's grace. The Master Jesus said, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Attending church on Sunday morning or belonging to some religious body, even the most advanced metaphysical group, does not constitute abiding in the Word and letting the Word abide in us. Belonging to any kind of organization and even believing in it there's nothing for us. Believing is, of course, a step. The first step, probably the first step. But believing that there is a Santa Claus or a North Pole does not lead one to it. There is still the journey to be taken to reach it after we know that there is a North Pole. Entirely different from that kind of journey is the spiritual journey leading to the Father's house. 
So unless you're on that spiritual journey leading to the Father's house, mere belief in God is not enough. That's my preamble. Now we will go to the readers. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be cornerly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here reading God's Word. Praise be to God. Beautiful. Next reader. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can he except he abide in me. I am the vine, he are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me he can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Beautiful. Next reader. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next readers. The arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day and the idols will totally disappear. People will flee to caves in the rocks and to holes in the ground. From the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty, when he rises to shake the earth, in that day people will throw away to the moles and bats their idols of silver and idols of gold, which they made to worship. They will flee to caravans in the rocks and to the overhanging crags. From the fearful presence of the Lord, and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. Stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. 
why hold them in esteem? The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whether goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow had filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Here under the portion of reading God's word. Praise be to God. Thank you all so very much. Now, millions of people believe in God. Millions. In fact, there are few people in all this world they're suffering from sin, disease, death, lack, and limitation who would not proclaim their belief in God. They're suffering from all these things and they would proclaim their belief in God. But their belief does them very little good. It does not save them from these evils. Is there anyone in the whole world who doesn't know that the oceans are filled with fish and the air with birds and the earth with coal, oil, diamonds and rubies? Is there anyone who doesn't know that the sun, the moon and the stars travel in their orbits to such a degree of perfection that their positions can be charted years in advance and that they travel on schedule down to the split second can anyone therefore fail to recognize that there must be something of an invisible nature of an infinite eternal and intelligent nature which is the cause the maintaining and sustaining power of these effects but something more than a belief in God is necessary. And that something more is the experience of God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. This is the essence of every spiritual teaching throughout all the times. If so, be the Spirit of God dwell in you. If you keep the Word alive in our consciousness, if we keep the Word alive in our consciousness, if we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, none of the evils of the earth will come near our dwelling peace. And dwell means to live, 
not to vacation there, but to live there. Now, we believe that there is a God because we can see all the effects of its presence and activity in the world. And we know that behind these effects must be a cause, the nature of which must be something intelligent, loving, infinite in power, eternal and immortal. But now there is the next step to make contact with it. To bring that cause into expression in our lives. We believe yes, but we have to take that next step. The next step to make contact with it. To bring that cause into expression into our life. My hope, therefore, is to reveal that there is a first cause and to take the next step of revealing that a contact with the cause must be made and maintained. That cause is the indwelling Christ. We must make contact with that indwelling Christ and we must maintain that contact. All those on the path leading to the experience of God will someday have to come to that place where they can look out upon this world with the realization that there is an infinite wisdom and intelligence that has provided the riches of this universe for its people. Such a realization will automatically lead to the conviction that whatever this cause is, Whatever the law is, it operates by divine grace. And that means it operates for its own purpose and plan. Not because the earth or the people of the earth are worthy or deserving. The nature of God is such that nothing anyone can do will deflect God from his eternal plan. There's nothing that you or anybody can do can stop God's progression. God cannot be influenced to do more than he is already doing. Nor is there any crime anyone can commit that will stop God or prevent him from doing what he's already doing. We can keep God out of our individual experience. But that will not prevent our neighbor from having the full and complete blessing of the grace of God. If we want to keep him out of our experience, knock yourself out. But your neighbor is not going to stop them from having the full blessing and grace of God. It is true that we either become benefactories of divine grace or we prevent its flow. An activity by virtue of the fact that we have accepted the human mind which is a belief in two powers so it's up to us it is true that we either become the benefactories of divine grace or we prevent its flow that we prevent its flow by activity and by virtue of the fact that we have accepted the human mind and its belief in two powers, good and evil. 
it is this that constitutes our humanhood. And that is the reason for sin, disease, and death on earth. The poverty, the lack, the wars, the slavery, all of it is because we believe in it and we hold in it in our consciousness and keeping it alive. The human mind has accepted two powers, the power of good and the power of evil. And the man of earth lives out of that basis. It's my hope that we get you to lean more on one side than the other. I can't prevent you. Every one of us believes in these two powers, some to a greater degree and some to a lesser degree. So the human mind has accepted two powers, the power of good and the power of evil. And the man of the earth lives out of that basis. You and I are that man of the earth. And we all have some good experiences and some bad ones. Some healthy experiences and some sick ones. And some rich experiences and some poor ones. That is because the human mind which is made up of the belief in good and evil is in control and we are a house divided against itself as mere human beings many of us have been able to live three scores years and 10 and 20 and sometimes 30 this by virtue of air food exercise and some measure of mental stimulation it is a life of getting up in the morning, working hard all day, and being so exhausted that we sleep all night so that we may build up enough strength to do the same thing over again the next day. But that is not really living. That is merely existing. It is a form of existence. However, that is so valued that many people will not yield up to it and they try to preserve it even if that life has to be spent in poverty in jail or in hospital they're still preserving it to live is quite different than to exist I want you to live I don't want you to just merely exist to live it is necessary to have contact with one's source, with that great indwelling Christ. If you have to live your life, you must make contact, which sends us into individual expression. But you can only have individual expression when you make that contact. Other than that, you're just existing and trying to make your life in a three-dimensional world. Each one of us have a different function. Hear me, somebody. Each one of us has a different function and a different purpose on earth. Everyone has its own purpose on earth, a different function and a different purpose on earth. Each one of us have a different function and a different purpose here on earth. No one can do another's work. Each one has a reason for being born. 
but as the man of earth not one of us is fulfilling the mission that God created him to perform as the man of earth we go through life alone but paradoxically unable to get along alone we go through life alone but we can't get along alone we develop a dependency on other men and women we feel the need for others to make our experience complete some to employ us some to provide companionship instruction and care the result is that we begin a long process of catering to those who we think can do something for us and avoiding like the plague those who we know are going to look to us to do something for them and so life really becomes a chase hear me somebody understand me we develop a dependency on on people on mankind on men and women we feel the need for others to make our experience complete some of us to employ us some to provide companionship instructions and care and so on the result is that we begin a long process of catering to those who we think can do something for us and avoiding like the plague those who we know are going to look to us to do something for them and so life really becomes a chase the man who has his being in Christ does not have to concern himself with man whose breath in his nostrils hear me somebody the man or the person or the woman when i say man i mean mankind the man who has his being in Christ does not have to concern himself with man whose breath in is in his nostril he does not have to seek out those with influence and attempt to carry their favor by catering to them or fussing over them nor does he have to fear anyone or run away from anyone the man whose being in Christ is rooted and grounded in God doesn't have to do any that he is God created God maintained God sustained God fed God directed and God led are you hearing me somebody understand me clearly the man who has his being in Christ does not have to concern himself with man whose breath is in his nostrils he doesn't have to seek out those with influence and attempt to carry their favor by catering to them by fussing over them nor does he have to fear anyone or run away from anyone the man who has his being in Christ is rooted and grounded in God he is God created God maintained God sustained God fed God directed and God led not only does he have an infinite sufficiency that flows from within as it is needed 
but there are always the 12 basket left over to share with those who have not yet attained the realization of their own Christ being. The man of earth lives continually in the realm of the little self, lives unto himself, his family, and his associates, always reaching out for those people and things he believes are necessary to his experience. The man who has his being in Christ lives in a manner of realization. As he sits in his garden for meditation, he may see red ginger or pine trees and he looks down at the earth and he ponders them. The same earth that produced a lily in one corner produced ginger in another corner. The same sunshine, the same rain, and the same earth produce an infinite variety of good in his garden. On another occasion, the man who has his being in Christ may ponder the ocean. He may just ponder on these things. He may observe how the creative principles operates producing the great variety of fish and the different rocks and the coral and the magnificent wonders of the world. There is no lack or limitation in the sea. And this is evidence too of the one principle creating fish and rocks and caves and flowers and time and tides. The man who is anchored in Christ turns within and understands that he too draws upon an inexhaustible source that is the cause and creative principle of life. He do not seek outside of himself, but he goes within. I rest in the bosom of the Father in the assurance of his word. I am one with that which created me. I am maintained and sustained by this infinite presence and power operating as my intelligence. As power operating as my love, my life, my health, my guidance, my direction, and as my relationship with all others in the world. I need not look to anything external to me, for I have within me meat that the world knows not of, an infinite supply, so much that I can always share the twelve basketful left over for which I will never have a need. As we ponder these truths, there is a lessening of fear within us. I want you to feel the fear and anxiety that you have within you lessening. We cannot now be permanently engulfed in lack, even though we may temporarily go through a period of limitation 
until we are firmly rooted and grounded, and grounded in this awareness. The disease that racks the body does not plague us quite as much. And we do not react to it quite so much because now we know that as soon as we have attained this inner contact, as soon as the Spirit of the Lord God consciously dwells in us, this disease too will yield. It has to yield. Whatever our personal person may be, it will not seem quite so hard to bear because we know now that it is temporary. It is a temporary experience and that this with which we are united is even now fulfilling its function of bringing about our freedom. Whatever disease, whatever lack, whatever thing you feel in prison, know that it is temporary. The task before us is to make the transition from being that man of the earth to becoming that man who has his being in Christ. That's the transition we must make. There must come to the consciousness of each one of us an experience. An experience that no one else can have for us. It is true that while we are still in darkness, we can of course be helped by someone else light. The tax collector, the fisherman who became Jesus' disciple was given a measure of illumination and partook of the grace of God by virtue of their contact with the Master. Nevertheless, he assured them that they of themselves will have to come to the experience in order for it to become permanent. It is expedient that for you that I go away. We read it in the scriptures. That's what he said. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. Knowing the truth is the foundation and the connecting link which form the basis of our life's demonstration. Unfortunately, there are too many people who think that their problems will be solved if they read enough inspirational statements in books, if they read a certain number of pages this day. And I think that some of the people are beginning to feel that if they just hear enough recordings that in and of itself will solve their problems. It is not true. All the podcasts and the stuff that we do is very good. But you have to still make a connection if you want to have it everlasting. If you want his presence to be always there. There is no denying that people who read and listen to our recordings and so on, they will benefit. They will have some benefit. They do have their lives changed for them, sometimes miraculously. And it is because of what it has done for those who have come to 
listen to some of the work that we do here. I must warn you, however, that in order to make this experience of harmony when, that you find when you make that connection permanent, you must have your own self-realization. It's not enough just to listen. All of that is good and you will get benefit from it, no doubt. But you have to go beyond that if you want it to be sustained. You have to go beyond that. If you want when the trials come into your life, it doesn't really affect you. They're just like something they're passing through. You have to maintain and make that contact with the Indian in Christ. Nothing can replace the individual realization of truth. Each one must and will eventually come to the experience of illumination. There's no set time. There's no need for hurry. There is an entity in which to work out of the dullness and the darkness of the human scene and in which to receive illumination from those who have already attained it and are always willing to share their light with their disciples and, and their friends and so on. Whether the experience comes with or without the guidance of one who is already attain some kind of illumination it cannot occur except through an activity of our consciousness it cannot illumination cannot occur except through an activity of your consciousness one life demonstration will be only in proportion to the truth that we ourselves know ponder and meditate upon it because of our own experience of illumination there is no such thing as spiritual attainment. It is something each one achieves through the activity of his own consciousness. And it is attained in proportion to his degree of devotion, not only to study, but to put it into practice what he has been studying. So, by putting into practice what you have learned, you will attain that illumination, but you have to do it. The kingdom of God is within you. But it is necessary to sit in quietness and to be at peace to make this contact with the kingdom. So that in addition to what we have read or heard, we begin to receive impartations from within. You hear me, somebody? When we begin to receive impartation, we have made at least a start on the spiritual path. Let me say this again. The kingdom of God is within you. But it is necessary to sit in quietness and to be at peace to make this contact with the kingdom. So that in addition to what we see here, in addition to all the podcasts, in addition to all the teachings and, the, and, and, and so on, you will make contact with that indwelling Christ so that you could begin to receive impartations from within. 
And when we begin to receive impartations from within, we have made at least a start on the spiritual part. I will stop here for tonight. Amen, amen, amen. I hope you got something out of this. Amen. I want to say that on Sunday, the 18th of December, we will have the pageant, the Christmas pageant, we're calling it. We will need 16 readers for that evening. And we're going through the whole biblical account about the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are starting with the arrival of the promised Messiah and we're taking you on the journey that was described how Jesus came to be birthed in, in a feeding trough. You need to get the book, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Pastor Boyce will be sending out a letter where those of you who would like to read and partake in it so that you could um, we will assign you a reading from the book so we need 16 of you it's a beautiful thing I think you should get a copy get more than one copy get a copy for you to use and get a copy for your library every one of you should have a little library I don't care if you live in a room you should have a little library where you keep your special books I love books Every one of you should have a little library and get one to use that you could mark upon and one for your library. They're $9.97. So I just wanted to say that. So look out for the letter from Pastor Boyce. Amen. God bless you.